Welcome, dear friends. Sebastian Gorka in for Greg Kelly tonight. Lies. 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 That is the age we are living in. Wherever you turn, if you turn on the media, if you open a newspaper, what you will find is lies. Let me give you a short list of what we have lived through in just the last few years. 64 million Americans elected somebody who'd never run for public office before, and he won. My former boss, President Trump. As soon as he was in office, within moments of the inauguration, they planned an impeachment and they talked about the Russia hoax. Here is just a small reminder of what the mainstream media told you about the 45th president of the United States. Donald Trump is an unwitting agent of Russia's Vladimir Putin. There was collusion between the Trump campaign and, and, and Putin. The possibility of collusion between the Russian government and the Trump campaign. Whether there was collusion between President Trump's campaign and the Russians. Uh, whether Donald Trump himself is just uh, a puppet for the Kremlin. They did that for years and years. Despite the fact that President Trump had the toughest policy on Russia since Ronald Reagan. They wanted to make you believe there was some nexus between him and the KGB colonel in the Kremlin. But it wasn't just about foreign affairs. It was about things happening here in the United States. That tragic day in Charlottesville three years ago, when there were, yes, extremists, from both sides present, and a young woman was killed. Despite the fact that President Trump completely disavowed, as if he had to, the extremists on the right, the man who currently holds the title President of the United States lied repeatedly about what President Trump said about the people there that day. Here's a reminder. Donald Trump stood on national television and said there were very fine people on both sides when one side had Nazis. He uttered those six words, the most disgraceful words the president spoken in my lifetime. Very fine people on both sides. Calling these folks fine people is a load of crap. They're not fine people. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? Whether it's the mainstream media or whether it was lying Biden, they would have you believe that the president of the United States, married to an immigrant, was singing the praises of neo-Nazis. What did my former boss actually say? This is what he said. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. They should be condemned absolutely. Sounds pretty straightforward to me. But it wasn't enough. They still wanted his head. So what did they do? They created a new office of a special counsel, former director of the FBI, Robert Mueller, who was hand in glove with Obama holdovers at the DOJ and at the FBI, with an attempt to, again, 
prove the unprovable, that there was some nexus between President Trump and the Russian Federation. For 20 months, they tried to prove that, and they failed. But did they give up? Of course they didn't. That's not what the left does. They tried to impeach him, not once, but twice, to remove a man from office when he was president of the United States. And then once he'd left office over a phone call, a phone call, which was so accurate and so indicative of what he was meant to do as the president, what did he do? He released the full transcript of the phone call so the world should see. Then we had an election after the China virus hit, after 80 million mail-in ballots were sent out, the perfect tool to defraud an election. Not computers, not algorithms, just old ballot stuffing as they've been doing in Chicago and Philadelphia for decades. We will never know perhaps the full extent of what happened in the last elections, but things are on the mend if you look at what happened in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So, Biden's in the White House. The Democrats hold the Senate. The Democrats hold the House. Did the lying stop? Let's look at what happened last Friday. Let's start with the good news. A young man called Kyle Rittenhouse was falsely accused of being a murderer. They even said he killed black protesters. That 17-year-old boy whose life was threatened was put through a grueling ordeal on the stand in that court. An ordeal that at times was almost too tough for him to bear. Here's a reminder. There were three people right there. For almost a year, the left, the Democrats, even the man who's in the White House, who sadly bears the title of president, lied about that 17-year-old boy. The headlines, the incessant news coverage about his white privilege, about his being a white supremacist, about his illegally crossing state lines, about carrying a short-barreled illegal rifle. This is just a selection of the lies that the mainstream lying legacy media told about Kyle Rittenhouse. Keep in mind that not only did uh, Rittenhouse cross state lines into a community that was not his, I'm going to take the law into my own hands and take a gun and, in one case, cross state lines with an illegal firearm um, and gun people down. Kyle Rittenhouse was just 17 years old when he drove across state lines. In Wisconsin, you have Rittenhouse, a white teenager who crossed state lines with an AR-15 style rifle, killed two men and wounded another. He crossed state lines with an AR-15, threw himself in the middle of all this and started shooting people. All lies, 
all lies. And God bless not only the judge and Carl Rittenhouse for bravely taking the stand himself, which is very unusual. God bless the 12 jurors of every skin pallor, every political identity who would not be intimidated, even when MSNBC sent a quote-unquote journalist to follow them and possibly dox them. They didn't surrender to the mob and they brought the right verdict, innocent on all five counts. But it's worse. The lies seem to be automatic, seem to be endemic. On Sunday night, at a Christmas parade, a man drove his vehicle into a crowd of celebrating Americans. Five people were killed that day. These are their names. Virginia Sorensen, Leanna Owen, Tamara Durand, Jane Coolidge, and Wilhelm Hospel. Today, we bring you the sad news that apparently one of the children that ended up in the intensive care unit has also died as a result of their injuries. Six dead, dozens injured. What did the mainstream media say about that mass murder? First, they said Daryl Brooks, a man with a rap sheet going back to 1999, was quote-unquote fleeing a knife fight. MSNBC even said that it was an accident. One thing I do worry, actually two things, Stephanie, is one is the idea of contagion. Uh, whether it has anything to do with this uh, uh, accident last night and, and the killing of these people, others might be thinking uh, of an attack like this somewhere in the world. Making up excuses for a man who you can see his criminal record. This is no innocent bystander, somebody who's fleeing an assault or accidentally puts his foot on the accelerator. They're trying to scrap his social media profile. But this man wasn't only a career criminal. He hated Carl Rittenhouse. He hated MAGA supporters. And he was a proud adherent to the BLM ideology. That's Daryl Brooks. And one of the most important things of all, but they won't tell you, but we will here on Newsmax. He was out on bail, a tiny bail, thousand bucks, for trying to kill the mother of his child with his SUV. Yeah, he'd used his car as a weapon before. This man is a mass murderer, and that's how he should be handled now that he's killed five and a child. So here's the lesson for tonight's program. Nothing can be more important than the truth. You know my background. I've spent time in the White House. I've worked for Donald Trump as strategist to the president, as deputy assistant to the president. But it's not just people who've stood in the political arena. It's not just show hosts or media personalities. Every single one of you, and there's 74 million of us, every single one of you has a role to play. Today, we will discuss how important your commitment to the truth is. We must cleave to it in the face of propaganda 
that wishes to undermine this, the greatest nation on God's earth. Next here on Greg Kelly Reports, one of the greatest truth-tellers on Capitol Hill, pistol-packing Congresswoman Lauren Bobert. Stay with us here on Newsmax. Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. Are you a movie buff? Hey, aren't all, all Americans movie buffs? What kind of movies do you prefer? I have to admit, I'm a bit of a sci-fi buff, especially the dystopian futures. Favorite movie? Blade Runner. But those visions of the future are called science fiction for a reason. Utterly broken down civilizations, crime waves, permanently all over the nation. Nowadays, in certain parts of America, it's not fiction. In the last four days, look at the footage coming out of California. Whether it's luxury stores, whether it's Louis Vuitton, or whether it was most recently what we saw, a pharmacy being raided, up to 80 people at one time, organized logistically with vehicles, some of them even armed. This is happening in America. What does it mean and what do we do about it? There is nobody better to talk about it than the man who has come to be known as America's mayor who helped New York twice get back up off its knees, first with the crime wave in the 1980s and then after 9-11. Matt Giuliani, welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Sebastian. Pleasure. So there's nothing mystical, there's nothing magical about what you did in New York. Can you explain what you did with your team, with people like Bernie Kerrick and the others? When you came sure. in, you brought a new philosophy. What was that philosophy? Well, the philosophy was that we weren't going to have crime. And we had strategies for every different type of crime. I spent a year and a half preparing it before I became mayor uh, with experts like uh, uh, Professor Wilson, James Q. Wilson, Professor Kelling, uh, le left and right. And I may have rejected some of the ideas on the left, but I, at least I wanted to understand them. I wanted to understand why they were letting people out on bail. So uh, this reminds me now of what we went through then. When I became mayor, we had a situation called wilding. And uh, uh, people like that would go into Central Park and there'd be so many of them, you couldn't stop them. And they would uh, sexually abuse girls, steal pocketbooks, but there'd be 30 or 40 of them, you know, doing what those animals were doing in the store there. And uh, so what do you do about it? You organize a group of about five, 600 cops. And when they got 50, you got 400. 
So right right now, uh, basically, uh, the San Francisco police should be descending on them, waiting right outside with about 500 cops in every paddy wagon they have. And if they have to borrow some, borrow some. And they should all spend the night in jail. And how, and how important was this concept of the, the broken windows theory, that it's not just you know, the rapes, the muggings, the gun crimes, but the smallest 100%. infraction must must be dealt with because you send a message, correct, Matt? 100%. And, you know, just, just for the elitist snobs that uh, make fun of it, uh, it's a, 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 a theory that was developed by a Harvard professor, <laughs> James Q. Wilson. <laughs> not, not developed by Rudy Giuliani or Bernie Carrick or, or Bill Bratton or us cop types. And it's a brilliant theory. And I saw it work for about 10 years in small cities. And when I became mayor, there was a big question, even for me and for Professor Wilson, would it work in a big city or the biggest city, you know, 8 million people? And there were legitimate issues as to maybe it wouldn't. Well, my goodness, it worked really well. Now, the way it applies to this is, why are there, why are there no police there? I mean, this as a mayor, my police commissioner would now lose his job. Uh, if he couldn't yeah. contain it, that's one thing. But you got to try. And we started yeah. We Mr. started this during the riots. Mr. Mayor, uh, let's go from the, the crime at that level, uh, the looting, to the highest level of criminal justice. I have to get your reaction to the breaking news. These five new subpoenas from the quote-unquote January 6th committee of Nancy Pelosi, uh, the idea that we've had uh, Roger Stone subpoenaed, Alex Jones, three other individuals. Add to that Mark Meadows and Steve Bannon. Are we seeing the collapse of, of the rule of law at the highest levels in the United States, Mr. Mayor? Oh, yeah, Sebastian, we watched that all through the Trump presidency. I mean, the Democrats handled themselves like um, fascists. They, the, there were no constitutional rules. Why is it that the only lawyers whose law offices get broken into are Donald Trump's lawyers? Remember, they went and got my iCloud account. I'm a lawyer. I have a lot of clients. But right now we're going through some of them. You can't imagine all of the attorney-client communication. Do you know when they started taking my iCloud account? The day I represented Donald Trump. They had no interest in it before that. Basically, it was to rip away from Go him ahead. his attorney-client privilege because he's not entitled to it. So, no, we became well, a fascist look. country somewhere at the end of Obama, and now it's on steroids. It's completely on steroids. Yeah, I, I, have have to to say, I, have, I have to say... I have to say they've picked a fight with the wrong person. When they come after you, Mr. Mayor, when they come after people like Cash Patel and Mark Meadows, they oh, are in oh, a yeah. world of hurt. However, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for what you've done, not just for New York, but for this nation, how you are continuing to investigate the events of last November. And I want to ask all of Greg's viewers right now to support you. Please support Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Go to RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. That's RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. It's the least we can do for you after well, your decades you. of service to New York and to this nation. Next, we're going to take it to the highest level. Is this truly the criminalization of conservatives across the nation? That is the question we're going to answer next here 
on Greg Kelly Reports with me, your guest host, Sebastian Gorka. Do you like autobiographies? Personally, I just don't have the patience. However, I've made a couple of exceptions over the years. When I was in the White House working for President Trump and Steve Bannon, Steve said to me one day, you know, there's one book you've got to read to understand how President Trump won the election. That book was J.D. Vance's Hillbilly Elegy. I bought it and I read it one Thanksgiving weekend, cover to cover. And he was right. It truly explains how somebody who'd never run for political office before ran once and actually won. We are delighted to have him with us today, J.D. Vance, who is now running for the Senate out of Ohio. J.D., welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. Thanks for having me. You have been very, very outspoken since Friday uh, on the Kyle Rittenhouse case. And I want you to react to just a, a little montage we have of what the mainstream media have said about Kyle over the last few weeks. What kind of idiot 17-year-old gets a giant gun and goes to a riot. He has no license. He has no training. He thinks he's going to scrub graffiti off with his AR-15. I mean, the stupidity of this. This is white privilege on steroids. Kyle Rittenhouse, a guy who's deeply racist, went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest. He was able to walk with his AR-15 past the police officers and they simply said nothing to him, should tell us that this is about race. J.D., is the Kyle Rittenhouse is another white supremacist? Is this the latest version of the deplorables comment by Hillary Clinton? Yeah, of the deplorables comment, of the Russia collusion hoax, of every single story the corporate press has gotten wrong over the last four or five years. I mean, these guys have so much egg on their face. They have gotten every big story of the past five years totally preposterously wrong. And, you know, they, they just weren't happy with slandering a sitting president of the United States as they did to Trump. Now they're going after 17-year-old boys. I have never seen the corporate press do this. This is not media. This is not journalism. This is not reporting reality. This is slander and harassment of a kid at an industrial scale. That's what our media revealed itself to be. It's disgusting. But this isn't, this isn't something that's just about a 17-year-old boy, J.D. With, with, with your analysis of what ha happened to the forgotten men and women of America, who really were the backbone of America First and MAGA, isn't the, the quote-unquote elite treatment of Kyle and the way the mainstream lying legacy media covered the case isn't this just another example of the utter contempt they have for working-class Americans? It's, it's a great point, because if you think about what Kyle Rittenhouse really was doing, is he saw a bunch of thugs and rioters destroying his community, and no one was doing anything about it. You know, what, what are the, the values that represent my community? 
if not honor and loyalty and devotion to your community. This 17-year-old boy saw no one protecting the businesses, the people in his community, so he went down there and did it. And instead of rewarding it, instead of saying, you know, isn't it good that a 17-year-old kid who was raised by a single mother made good decisions and decided to be a positive force in his community, they slandered and lied about him. They treated basic manly virtue as white supremacy. And I think you're exactly right. It's not just about Kyle Rittenhouse. It's about what kind of young men do we want to raise in our communities? What kind of virtues do we want our leaders to promote? Certainly not the people who are burning Kenosha, Wisconsin down. We want to promote the types of virtues that exist in Kyle Rittenhouse. So, so this is fascinating, uh, J.D., because I've been told by members of my family, rock-ribbed conservatives over the last few days, we're so happy that he was acquitted, uh, he, he was executing self-defense, but he shouldn't have been there. It was dumb. But you, as a former Marine, are saying, and this is what I subscribe to, what he did that night is what any man should do, any American should do, if they have a sense of community, correct? That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think the people who say that he shouldn't have been there, I think the thing that they often miss is that he was invited there to protect some of the businesses and some of the people uh, that were being destroyed during the Kenosha rioting and looting. I mean, what, what do we want our young men to do? To, to ignore the call, to say, no, you know, you guys are on your own. I'm going to sit at home and play video games. Or do we want people to go there and put out the fires when the bad guys start them? I think it's important for us to, to not just say, yes, it's good that he was acquitted, but to actually defend the, the decisions that led him there in the first place, because I think that they were good decisions. Nobody's perfect, of course. Nobody's right 100 percent of the time. But I think Kyle Rittenhouse was doing the right thing. All right. Well, thank you for bringing clarity to this very significant story. Uh, J.D., you are running for the Senate. You've got my support. The website is jdvance.com. Briefly, tell us, how's the campaign going, J.D.? It's great, man. We're having a good time. We're meeting a lot of voters, and we're hearing a lot about the fact that people are just so sick of their country being turned into a hellhole by the Biden administration. So we got a lot of fighting to do. We got a lot of work to do. But the campaign has got a lot of momentum. And I couldn't be happier about where we are. As the movie Matrix gave us the red pilling of Neo, I think a lot of Americans are getting red pilled, whether it's Carl Rittenhouse, whether it's the mama bears at the school board meetings, and whether it's people like J.D. Vance. Check out his website, jdvance.com. God bless you and thank you for your service in and out of uniform. How do we go? Where do we go from here beyond the Carl Rittenhouse case? That's next here on Greg Kelly Reports with me, Sebastian Gorka. Democrat policies are so pathetic and have done so poorly that the left has nothing else to do but troll the internet looking for ways to get offended and then try to target members and strip them of their committees. This is a dumb waste of the House's time. But since the Speaker has designated the floor to discuss members' inappropriate actions, shall we? The Jihad Squad member from Minnesota has paid her husband, and not her brother husband, the other one, over a million dollars in campaign funds. This member is allowed on the Foreign Affairs Committee while praising terrorists. Three-month presidential candidate from California who is on the Intelligence Committee 
slept with Fang Fang, a Chinese spy. You've got to love that pistol packing mama. Lauren Bobert, welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. Thanks so much, Dr. Gorka. It's great to be on here with you. And, you know, I mean, sometimes there's a little bit of mud that needs to be slinging, especially when they are trying to uh, take out Republicans for fake cartoons. I mean, come on now. Um, I would be very cautious if I were Democrats right now because there will be members removed from committees when we take back the House in 2022. Um, 2023 is going to be uh, extremely interesting for them, especially when we have members of Congress receiving classified briefings when they have uh, relationships with Chinese spies. This is absolutely unacceptable. It's but I think before we get there, Dr. Gorka, there needs to be some discussions that take place in the Republican Party about members who are currently serving in leadership in our conference who voted uh, to pass this infrastructure bill just a couple of weeks ago, which we knew was the catalyst for this $4.9 trillion budget reconciliation. Yeah. Biden's 13 has yeah. uh, 10 or 11 who serve in leadership roles in the conference. And I think we need to get together as a conference and have a serious conversation about that. I know that uh, Dan Bishop, Congressman uh, who is, serves with me in the Freedom Caucus, has introduced a resolution to leadership to discuss removing um, some of those members from their leadership positions. Well, uh, all I want to see is uh, the rhinos on Capitol Hill become an endangered species and to have people like you politically hunt them down and replace them because you are on fire. You are a truth teller and people forget. Oh, and it's very strange. Let me just add this. I've invited him on my show, uh, President Swalwell. I'm going to do this right now on Newsmax. I am going to say, hand on my heart, I have never slept with a Chinese spy. Eric, when are you going to do that? It shouldn't be so difficult. I, let me do it one more time. I have never slept with a Chinese spy. Eric, you still haven't done it, and that's very weird, given the fact that you're on committees that handle intelligence. Okay, people forget how you came to prominence, how you called out Beto, and you said, hell no, you're not taking my guns. Um, I want to uh, remind people that the Second Amendment is so close to your heart. I have to get your reaction to what we witnessed on Friday. Here's that seminal moment from the courthouse in Kenosha. We, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Members of the jury, are these your unanimous verdicts? Is there anyone who does not agree with the verdicts as read? No. Would you wish the jury pulled? Wow. Congresswoman, uh, some, some on the right, uh, the Federalists, have said that this isn't about one 17-year-old kid. This is about our constitutional right to carry. Give us your interpretation of the significance of Friday, not just for the people of the 3rd District in Colorado, but for all Americans. 
this was a trial for all Americans. Our right to self-defense was on trial. And uh, hearing that verdict is music to my ears. I am so pleased that uh, blind justice was served. Um, this is incredible. This is an incredible victory for all Americans and the right to self-defense. And we were all watching the prosecution uh, during this trial. And these are the crazy leftists who want to take away your right to self-defense, saying because you have a firearm, you don't have a right to self-defense. That same person ignorantly picking up a firearm, not clearing the chamber, um, pointing it at a courtroom full of people with his finger on the trigger. This is how you Alec Baldwin someone. And these same people who don't understand firearm safety, basic fundamental firearm safety, are the same ones trying to strip your right away to self-defense. Now, as a petite woman, uh, you know, it was very disheartening to hear the prosecution say that sometimes we just all need to take a beating. Well, uh, what what does that say to to young women who are are walking from their college, walking from their from their work, from their car to a store? Should they just take a beating and and risk maybe that aggressor being uh, much stronger than intended and taking their life or or or, or causing other harm? This is. Um, Absolutely. Uh, just an astonishing uh, response from this prosecutor. And I am so thrilled at uh, the jury's verdict here. Now, I do have some colleagues on the Hill who have, um, just like me, offered Kyle Rittenhouse an internship in their office. And, uh, you know, Madison Cawthorn, he said that he would arm wrestle me uh, for this uh, Kyle Rittenhouse internship. But Madison Cawthorn has some pretty big guns. And so I would like to challenge him to a sprint instead. Let's make this fair. <laughs> uh, how, how about I offer, how about I offer this, allow me to arm wrestle him on your behalf. I love a good arm wrestle and I would be happy. Madison's a buddy. I'd be happy to, to arm wrestle him on, on your behalf. Uh, Congresswoman Boebert, uh, we've got a few seconds left. Uh, you are a successful businesswoman, an American citizen who said enough, stood up to the swamp, ran and won. What is your message to all Americans who say, uh, this isn't my job, politics isn't my thing? What is your message to those of your fellow citizens? Uh, if you are frustrated right now with what you are seeing, I need you to get involved. I need you to uh, raise your voice and put your hand to something. I didn't want to sit at home and complain about what I was seeing. I wanted to be a part of the solution. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And uh, I am a professional rhino hunter. I'm here because I took out a five-term <laughs> incumbent. Uh, he was there for 10 years, and it was the first time in 40 years that an incumbent lost a primary in the state of Colorado. So don't think that you can't do it and don't think that you are not needed. We need people at every level, school boards, county commissioners, state houses. Uh, we need you. We need uh, people who love America, who love our founding principles and who love the people that they are looking to serve. Don't think because you may be a mom or a dad or a business owner, you can't look at those reasons and say, because I'm those things, I have to do this. I have to preserve Become the American generations to come. Become a professional political rhino hunter like Lauren Bobert. In the meantime, follow her on Twitter at Lauren Bobert. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You are watching Greg Kelly Reports. What are we going to do? The question next California and the crime wave across that great state.
you've got to get serious about it. Now, I'm not the mayor of California, but I was a mayor. And I know when things like this happen, mayors have to step up. That's not an indictment. That's not a cheap shot. You've got to be assertive. You've got to be tough on this. We cannot allow this to continue, period, full stop. Really, Gavin? It's your policies, it's your ideology that brought us here. That was Nancy Pelosi's nephew, Gruesome Newsom, the governor of California, who I guess he's virtue signaling in the other direction now because people are fed up of the, the riots and the looting. How far is it going to go? Let's ask my Newsmax colleague. I've been on his show so many times. It's a delight to have him here on Greg Kelly Reports. He is the host of Rob Schmidt Tonight. Rob, welcome. Good to see you, Sebastian. Good to see you, sir. Hey, Rob, given that soundbite, given the fact that his aunt, yes, look it up, guys, Nancy Pelosi is refusing to confirm that she will run next year, do you think the Democrats are starting to realize that uh, things aren't necessarily going their way? You know, with, with Pelosi, I mean, she's like 175 years old. So I don't know that that's the reason she's not running next year. I, I do think that they've, they've certainly dug themselves into a, quite a mess, especially in California. And I, I think specifically in Northern California. I mean, if you look at San Francisco as a district, I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no question that they're, just on a, that they're just down a road that they refuse to turn back from uh, that's just leading to a complete decay of quality of life. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. You talk to people, I talk to people that are liberal, uh, Sebastian, that, that come from San Francisco, and they, they, they say it's worse than, than you even see on the news. I mean, I, I talked to a, a few girls at a bar in New York about a month ago from San Francisco. These were not conservative girls by any stretch of the imagination, and they say you wouldn't believe how bad it is. I mean, between the looting and the needles and the homelessness, they're very aggressive. They say, they say the homeless people in New York are easy. You know, you go to California, the homeless people ask for money, and then they scream at you if you don't give it to them. I mean, they're, they're so emboldened. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's no, I mean, the, yeah. the police are handcuffed. I mean, it's, they've, they've ruined the state. Yeah, they, and, and then they become aggressive. Rob, can I yeah. ask you a personal question? Sure. So I love what you do on your show because you're so outspoken about the threat of, it's not Democrats, it's not radicalized Democrats, it's socialism and communism. And you walk your viewers through the evidentiary trail of the fact that it is communism. How do you know that? How do you get to that knowledge? Because for me, it took being the child of those who were persecuted under communism, who escaped communism to understand that. Where did you get that clarity from? Because it so impresses. I, I appreciate that. I, I think you just look at it. You, you look at what the, the party, I mean, obviously you've got a Democrat party and they're just leading everybody down a path. And I think it's just clear to see what all that, I mean, they, they vilify success. They vilify wealth. Uh, they don't understand this, this, what I think is a very basic and simple concept that you need to reward people for working hard. People need to know that if I work harder, if I come out and I try harder and I do more, I'm going to have it better than everybody else. That, that incentive has to remain no matter what. Liberals hate that. They hate the idea that we're not going to have complete and total equity in a society. They're, they're working towards a society where all of us have the same. And all that means is that it's just going to be the, 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 
The GDP of a country, whatever it is, the full output of anywhere, a country, a society, a community is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller because the people that are willing to work hard to have a better life are going to have less and less incentive to do so. And when you incentivize that, which is what the Democrat Party does and I think has always done to some extent, but they're getting more and more radical every day, you're just leading yourself down a road to that eventual to that to that decay. I think that's what's coming. I mean, when you go when I went to Cuba and you go to Havana and you talk to people and you're just like, well, there's no incentive to work hard because everybody gets about the same. A doctor in Cuba makes a couple bucks more than everybody else, but it's not nearly enough incentive to me personally, you know, to go through the hell of, of 12 years of school and everything. And, and I mean, I think the reason that people work hard in this country is because they want to have a big house, they want to have a boat, they want to have a nice car, they want all these things. There's nothing wrong with that. The reason, the, the fact that that's vilified by the left to me is the most dangerous thing that they do. And I see it in, in almost all the policies. It's not your father's or your grandfather's Democrat Party. Uh, thank you, Rob Schmidt, for doing what you do, for red-pilling so many people across the nation every day with your show. And also, congratulations on having a very, very fine taste in pocket squares. <laughs> I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is Greg Kelly Reports. Next, just how bad is it? Put that pocket square back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Did you know that I have a national radio show? Yes, every day, Monday to Friday, 3 to 6 Eastern on the Salem Radio Network. And we try and get you, we have 3 million listeners plus our video feed. We try and get you the very, very best guests. People like that warrior princess, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was on my show last week. And this is what she had to say. This man is guilty of more crimes than you could add up every single president that has actually been impeached. Joe Biden is truly guilty. He should be impeached. He should not be a sitting United States president. But there he is, because the Democrat Party is not an American party. They're the party of communism. God bless MTG for saying the truth. Joe Biden should be impeached just for opening our border plus everything else, for the workification of the military, for having a chief of staff in the U.S. Armed Forces who is prepared to go around the Constitution to support China. But the bottom line is they're not socialists, they're communists. Find out what you can do about it in my latest book, The War for America's Soul, with an appendix that is an exclusive interview with my former boss, President Trump, who explains the future of the MAGA movement. And then after that, the list of things you can do, not just to be an observer, but a participant in the rebirth of our nation. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been watching Greg Kelly Reports. Stand by for Stinchfield.